The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine. Twang, 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 and so forth. What's your doing? You know what they're doing? They're out birding the birds before the birds did it. Rest of power, David Crosby. Yes. You know, they talk about Brian Wilson being influenced by Rubber Soul when he made Pet Sounds, but nobody talks about the birds being influenced by Beatles for sale. You know, it's sad. It's absolutely true, and I guess we can add this to the hashtag Beatles did it canon, but uh, yes, also hashtag R- rest in peace, rest in power, Cross, uh the best boomer on Twitter, I would say. <laughs> Don't quit your day job. <laughs> I'm it's glad fun. we didn't send him like a link to this podcast. Say, hey, what do you think about it? Because I'm sure we would have been raked over the coals by Cross. <laughs> Too real, Cross. It's, it's funny. Um, I was reading last night on Instagram of all places that uh, Crosby claimed he gave George his first Ravi Shankar record, and it caused, in his word, repercussions. Oh. And uh, Kroz wanted to tell George to take what the Maharishi said with a shaker of salt, but didn't want to ruin their friendship. So. You know, Kroz was definitely someone who didn't never tried to ruin friendships with anyone, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really, really tactful. Anyway. He, he kept a lot of feelings to himself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, or he, you know, or he'd give it to Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> if. There you go. I like that, uh, anyway, about we're talking about the Beatles. This is the Beatles podcast. Uh, I like that John George joined in for specific words in this song, and what you're doing, a la P.S. I Love You. You know, and uh, Paul's frustrated here, and that's okay. It's a solid tune. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to admit something here. I had not heard this song before preparing for this episode. Mm. So this was all new to me, and I really like the, the gang-style vocals at the beginning of the phrase, like you had said, and it adds it kind of adds something different to a great Macca pop song. Uh, and also the barroom style piano is a really nice touch to the song that I wasn't expecting and really enjoyed. Yeah, well, you seem to really like this one. I, I'm glad. I'm jealous of you. You know, you 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 said from time to time of, oh, I've never heard of this song before. I never heard it, and I'm like, what the? F- <laughs> I, yeah. I wish I could listen to a Beatles song for the first time in my life. That'd be nice. I mean, we're going to hit a point at where I can't definitely cannot say that anymore. <laughs> I okay. think this is the Beatles for Sale is probably the last record I could say that with. So yeah. cherish it. Cherish it. This is not an association podcast. No, but you have to cherish. <laughs> uh, this was inspired by Paul's often stormy relationship with Jane Asher. This is Beatles Bible talking. What you're, do- what you're doing saw the Beatles experimenting with arrangement and production in a number of ways. Paul said, we wrote this one in Atlantic City like every little thing. It's not that Atlantic City's particularly inspiring. It's just that we happen to have a day off and tour there. 
during our tour. Ringo does a nice bit of drumming, of drumming decoration in the introduction, and I double track on the vocal as well as playing some piano. That's some real Jersey slander right there. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. But he's right about Atlantic City. It's not that inspiring. I, I've been there exactly one time, and I'm like, yeah, one time's enough. Nice. Not, not really my thing. Um, there are several notable aspects to the song. The first is the four-bar solo drum pattern, which introduces the tune, which returns again before Dakota. It's possible that this, as in Ticket the Ride, and Tomorrow Never Knows, was suggested by Paul. Hmm. Paul said what you're doing was a bit of a filler. I think it was a little bit more mine than John's, but I don't have a very clear recollection. So to be on the safe side, I put it as 50-50. It doesn't sound like an idea that I remember John offering, so it sounds like a way to get a song started. Some of them are just like that. Hey, what you doing? You somebody start a song and hope the best bit will arrive by the time you get to the chorus. But sometimes that's all you get, and I suspect this was one of them. Maybe it's a better recording than it is a song. Some of them are. Sometimes a good recording would enhance the song. Well, Paul, you know, a little rough on himself. It's usually John that's rough on himself. Yeah, absolutely. Paul there. The track features a guitar riff played by George Harrison on his Rickenbacker 12-string electric. The sound was influential on the birds, who crafted their sound partly on the Beatles' use of the Rickenbacker. And Harrison, in turn, adopted influences from the birds in his 1965 song, If I Needed Someone, which, of course, we will get to in due time. For the listener here, like this is the first podcast we're recording since David Crosby's death, so it's kind of funny that this is the first one. It's a little, yeah, bit, I know. A little bit spooky here. Ooh. Oh, David Crosby works in mysterious ways after death. How about that? Cros is dead. Cros is dead. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of what he actually says in, at the end of uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. That's what I, uh, No, he says cranberry sauce. That's right. Because it, right it was right around Thanksgiving. That's why. Love counts two. Two loves in what you're doing. Josie Scale. Um, this was tough for me. Uh, I think my rule of thumb is if it's close, I'm giving it a Josie because if it's not definitely better than your love buddy outfield, then it's not. So that's a, uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so this gets a hesitant Josie. From I think me. what I, that makes a lot of sense. I think I was taken by surprise by this song because I hadn't heard it <gasps> before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. <laughs> What's that song coming up from behind me? Uh, ah. So I really enjoyed it, and I'm just going to go, why not, and give it a, yeah, and say, I like it better than Your Love by the Outfield. Why not? Why not? You know why? Because you disagree with me, and I don't like Hey, disagreements play. make for good podcast fodder. <laughs> well, I'm only doing this because of uh, to build a friendship, so I don't know. I'm only here to make friends. We Can Pot It Out is all about the friends we make along the way. That's right. All one of them. The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot. So are these songs better than your love? 
The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine.